You are listening to audio from Community Bible Church of Savannah. A sermon from our series entitled Walk by Faith. For more information, visit us at cbcsavannah.com. Morning, church. Um, thank you for your tremendous love for the Lord Jesus Christ, and it overflows in you. And you love me. You love my wife. You love the work of ministry that we do in Uganda, in Africa. I tell you, it's love that makes the world go around. So. I am very blessed that I can even feel your love. This church supports our ministry. It's not some fancy love, it's practical love, you know, generosity, respect. We don't deserve these things, I just praise the Lord. I thank the Lord for the pastor of this church, for his big heart. Um, He's certainly not challenged in the heart. Praise God for that. Um, There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and that's John and his wife. Thank you, John. Thank you, Jenny, for meaning so much uh, to us. That's because because the Lord Jesus has used Jenny and John tremendously that I even ever managed to come to the United States and to meet you dear people of God. Uh, My wife is a wonderful, a wonderful friend too. Next to my salvation, the next best blessing. Um, Praise the Lord Jesus Christ for all that. Today, what I would love to share with us, to encourage each one of us, to keep reminding us of these things, which are very precious to us, to believers, is that Jesus Christ is our holistic healer. Jesus is our healer. He still is our healer. Um, Let's just try to remember the other rich man and Lazarus. Lazarus, according to Jesus, was so poor, full of sores. He longed to eat the crumbs that would fall off the tables of people who had the wherewithal. I think it also adds there that nobody gave it to him. Uh, you know the story, maybe better than I do. Um, but spiritually, he depended on God. Then there's this rich man. He had all the health, physical health. He had the best food, the best clothes. He was enviable in many regards. However, 
we don't know about his spiritual condition. And by the way, before I forget, that poverty I'm talking about, a person could be the richest person on earth and still be poor, as Jesus is depicting there. If this guy has all the money in the world, but he, he knows that all of it belongs to God, he knows, just like Joshua said, me and my house, everything we have must serve the Lord, because it's the Lord's anyway. He too is as poor as Lazarus, because they are all depending on God for survival. So it has nothing to do with how much money a person has. But the point of the matter is the two people died because this big, this rich guy was full of himself. I think he thought everything belonged to him, was due to him, was because of him. He was terribly poor in the heart. He was negatively poor. Lazarus, who depended on God, he didn't steal anything. He got everything from good people. He thanked God even for the smallest crumb. He depended on God. So he went to heaven, Lazarus, I think, was given a red carpet to heaven. While this guy whom the world admired so much, remember the problem is not his money, his blessings, his beautiful clothes. It's just all in the attitude. Everything is the attitude. He thought it was because of him, which was false. It was because of God who is good to Lazarus and good to everybody. Uh, so uh, he went to hell. I suppose he started burning immediately. It was terrible. It was tragic. The demons took him to hell. Lazarus, when he died, he went to heaven. Anyway, what I'm trying to say in this story is that it's not just the physical health that counts. It is also spiritual health that is even more important, really. It's mental health. So, Jesus Christ loves to make us whole, and only he can do that. Nobody else can. Spiritually, physically, materially, socioeconomically, intellectually, and in many other ways. God wants, Jesus is that. Yeah. Jesus is that. We are, as I was sharing, we are basically spirits. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone. But man, man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Food sustains physical life. It does not give life. The word of God, which in one sense is the spirit of God, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. That's what gives life when we receive God's word and we build all our lives on it. So we need, we need uh, to, to be healthy and as it were, the greatest challenge that humanity faces, the greatest threat to humanity is not disease, it is sin. Um, but praise God, Jesus went about doing good. The Spirit of God is on him 
because God has anointed him to bring good news to the poor, to the lame, to the prisoners, to the blind, to the hungry. He's the gospel. He's our good news. That's what he longs to do. Well, to illustrate my point, there is a very important story of how Jesus Christ is our holistic healer. And even when a doctor heals us, it's because the law, a doctor is extremely important. Jesus said the sick person needs a doctor. It's not the well who needs a doctor. The sick people need the doctor. Jesus is the best doctor of all. And even our dear doctors here on earth, if the Lord were not to help them, then their wonderful skills probably would be futile or would be in vain. So let's remember the other story we are so familiar with that is found in 2 Kings chapter 5 from verse 1 to 27. That is the whole of that chapter. That's the whole of that chapter. But usually when you really want to understand a verse, it is very wise to go some verses behind because they can shed light on this, light, uh, on this verse. But not only that, when you really want to study Scripture seriously, you want to go down a few verses, they will shed light on this text. So uh, the most important part then of the most the central idea, the overarching idea in this text that we've just cited is reconciliation. That's the big picture. Naaman, who is healed, this is a story about Naaman's healing, that Syrian general. Gen he's not the superstar. He's not the star in this story. It looks like Naaman is the superstar, but really the superstar, the, the greatest one of all is, is God. Who does all that? But then the other star is not even Naaman. It's a tiny girl, slave girl, who started a chain of events that resulted in the reconciliation between the nation of Israel, which was always sloggerheads with the nation of Syria, the powerful neighbor to the north. They were always fighting, and Israel at that time was not a superpower that it is today. Many people dominated them often, uh, and this was one of those times when Syria would invade and do havoc, take slaves and all that. So that is the story. Let me, let me recap the story. We understand that really to get to the picture, the story essence is to start where it starts there, verse 1, and then finish. They didn't have commas. When they wrote the Bible, they did not have the... Chapter 1, chapter 2, those were added. They just wrote, and you have to figure where the idea, where the idea is, the central idea. And in this case, really the purpose is the reconciliation. Like, salvation is about us being reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. He's the only way, that's the gospel, to believe that Jesus died for your sins, for me to believe that Jesus paid his precious blood, he hung on the cross of Calvary. They tortured him, speared him, did all that. He shed his divine, innocent blood. He paid that huge price. No gold, no cows, no money, no diamonds, no nothing could purchase 
our reconciliation with God, our restoration back to God, our salvation is so expensive. That, I think, is a precursor, is a picture of what this story is all about, how God heals us holistically, spiritually, mentally, we change, we are transformed. So, anyway, these raiding parties, um, these militias, bandits, paramilitary people from Syria went and attacked Israel, the northern kingdom, and did what they did, but they also took a little girl as a slave, and this little girl was given to the general, to the commander of the Syrian army, this, the second in command called Naaman, and became the family's slave. A very bad situation to be in. And then, this commander, the Bible says God, God is good to good people, he's also good to bad people. The only difference is that the bad people will not go to heaven. By the bad people, I mean people who have not received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's not that we are perfect, no, no. Um, so he's good. So imagine God used to give favor even to this man called Naaman, who was leprous, who was a, a Gentile. God controls the universe. God controls the world. The Bible says God used to give him victories, and so he was a famous man in Israel. But he had leprosy, a terrible disease, skin disease, festering disease. Um, his God, uh, all the nations that time had their national God, fake gods, I would say. His God could not take away the leprosy from him. Then this little girl, instead of being bitter, forgave the Syrians, the arch enemies of Israel. She forgave them and went to her mistress, the wife of the commander, and said, if your husband can go to Israel, there is a prophet there, he will heed him of his leprosy. The wife told the husband, General Naaman, in Israel, there is a prophet who can heal you of leprosy. How dire the dire straits this general was in to accept, to accept the advice of a slave girl, an insignificant, nameless girl. When they don't give you a name in the Bible, it means you are nobody, only the important people named. So they don't even bother to give us her name. But God knows her. And in this story, it's full of God using insignificant people. And the big people are passed by God. And he uses the unknown people. So anyway, he accepts, condescends, goes to Israel. But he takes lots of money, lots of gold, lots of silver, lots of material gifts. Because they are used in their temples to give uh, gifts to their gods, pagan gods. It's what they deserve. It's what they've paid for. It's business, fair business. So he takes all these horses. Horses are a symbol of power that time uh, and influence. So he goes to 
to Israel, and he has all these ideas of how he's going. The prophet is going to come and lay his hands over him and call upon his national God uh, to heal him. So, um, the prophet, he obviously must have heard the trading of the horses, but he just sent an insignificant servant, another insignificant servant. You go and tell him to go to the Jordan and dip himself there seven times, and then he will be well. His skin will be just like the skin of a, a, a little boy. Um, oh. So the man's pride was enkindled, blazing pride. Me, the general of the Syrian uh, kingdom, how dare he despise me? How dare he not come and give me the protocol? Uh, wait on me, welcome me, greet me. In any case, I think this is what he was thinking. I thought he would call on his God. Does he think his God is better than my God? I think that's what he was thinking. I have what it takes to get to the favor of his God. He does not realize that the, Israel, the, God, the God of Israel functions by grace, cannot sell his gifts. He loves all people. He loves all people all tribes, but he's not going to accept money in order to give a healing. Functions by grace. So he refused to believe. He was proud, and he got his horses and was going back because he felt despised. Then another insignificant guy, one of his servants he had come with, ran and said, hey, hey, sir, general, if the prophet had told you to do a monumental thing, would you not do it to get the healing? He's only asked for a simple thing. Do it, please. Well, he believed. That's a very important statement. He finally believed God's word. And then he went and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times. And then, lo and behold... He was completely healed. But he was not just healed physically. His attitude changed. He said, there is no other God in the whole world. There is only God in Israel. That is a paradigm shift because that time they believed other things, but you can see how he's converted. He has, he's transformed. He said, from today on, I am not going to offer sacrifices to any other God, but I will always only offer sacrifices to the God of Israel. Okay, that time they believed that every land, every nation had its God, its rivers, its land through which God blesses. So every land, its God, its people. So he took some soil. He said, I will take some soil from here. It's like maybe he's taking the soil of Israel so that he identifies with the God of Israel, the land of Israel, the people of Israel. 
That is what I think. There might be another explanation. I don't know why he needed the soil, but it's because they believed that every Egypt had their God, everybody had their God, every country, and uh, that uh, the land is where the blessing is. Where in Egypt, they die there, and, and then they live forever there in Egypt. They believed in eternal life, whichever life, things like that. Anyway, he became so humble. He brought this time, he thought he would get what he deserves, but he's so humble, and he's beseeching the man of God. He does not go on, donk on uh, horses, this time he's humble, he's walking. The Bible says he walked. And uh, said, please accept these, accept these gifts. He said, no, 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 I will not accept them. So he goes back, and then Jehaz, who lives close to God, Jehaz, who should know better, Jehaz, who is always listening to the word of God, an Israelite, not a Gentile like this man. You know, this guy, these guys who torture us, he has been too easy on this Gentile. I've got to get some stuff. He concocts, he concocts a story that two minor prophets have come from the upcountry, and so, oh, please, please stop. Give me some of the money, just one portion. He said, take two portions. You can read the story better for yourselves out there. And then he gives him uh, some of the stuff. But he does, he's, not seeing, he's not aware that Elisha is seeing him in the spirit. So the story goes, well, he comes and pretends it's business as usual, but uh, Elisha says, I saw you in the spirit. Is this the time to be into materialism, to be into gold and, and, and all that. Said, all the leprosy that was on this man, all the leprosy that was on Naaman, is going to be upon you. Not only that, it will be on your children, and it will be on your children's children always. That's pretty serious. Um, Here is Elisha, very passionate for the gospel of sorts, for the word of God to go to all over the world, but this man has other priorities. Terrible. And he brought it upon himself. Let, let nobody say God brought this upon him. Oh, that Elisha, he just brought that leprosy upon himself. I'm sure we are all agreed on that. Um, so what do we get from this? First of all, we see a little girl forgiving her enemies. By the way, Elisha is a kind of Christ. Elisha means God is our salvation. Jesus means he, he's the one who saves his people. Jesus is our salvation. So Elisha is, what shall I say? prefiguring the real savior. I remember even he died. Finally, Elisha died, and powerful influence. He died, and they buried him in a place, and many years later, a corpse, somebody died, and they threw him in Elisha's grave, and the man became alive. He came to life. Doesn't that remind you of Jesus who still saves people after he's dead? 
Jesus died, but he still saves us. Look at all of you. So Elisha is some kind of a, a figure of Christ. Look at all the miracles Elisha did. Prefiguring Jesus. And this little girl who starts a chain of events, if you read, um, if you read 2 Kings, chapter 6, verse 23, it says this. Part of the same narrative, same story, it ends up saying, the Syrians stopped fighting the nation of Israel. That's the end of this story. That's 2 Kings 6.23. But it started with this little girl, a known girl. You may be literal there, nobody recognizes you, but God does and he will use you. Even Mary was born, was, she was poor. She could not afford the sacrifice because she had to give doves. Only the people who, who were so poor, when she had given birth, Every woman had to give a sacrifice. She gave doves because she was too, so poor. Others would give sheep and, and, and cows and all that, but the law stipulated if you are poor, you can just give doves. After you have given birth, you woman, because you are so poor. Okay. That's what she gave. Plus, she too was under the colonial rule of Rome, Mary. She too was kind of enslaved like this little girl. But look, I mean, that little girl introduced Syria, introduced Naaman to a man of God who represents God. That little girl called Mary did the same thing. The champion of this story is not Naaman, it's not his healing, but that little girl who brought a reconciliation between two people, two peoples, two peoples. And that's what salvation is all about. That's what true healing, final healing, which is salvation. So... Um, and also that dipping into the Jordan seven times, it's like a baptism. Remember how John the Baptist was dipping people there after they had believed Jesus, after they had believed the word of God? So it's like a picture of that. And uh, in the Old Testament, they talked about how good on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news that God, the God of Israel, will reign. That's in Isaiah, that's in many places. So they had that rough idea of what the gospel would be. Uh, so Elisha is passionate about it. Jehaz is not. I pray this week we shall also be passionate about the gospel. This week we shall not do anything like Jehaz did. But we shall be passionate about wanting the word of God even to go to Syria, to go to everywhere. And that people would see Christ in us. And the Holy Spirit will enable us to do that if we pray. So... I have some six quick points here talking about how Jesus Christ is our healer, friends. How did sickness originate? Who is the, who is the originator? The origin. Satan, Lucifer, Mr. Lucifer was the most gifted angel, the most beautiful Oh, his voice. But he rebelled in heaven. God did not miss his words. Of course, he warned him. I'm sure. 
Because God warned Cain, God warned Judas, I suspect before God would take the final decision. He warned Mr. Lucifer, the angel, the most beautiful, the most brilliant, the most beautiful angel God created. I'm sure God warned him. He refused. He was too big. And then God threw him out of heaven, I think on a speed faster than the speed of light. Cast him on planet Earth. That's what happened. And so that's how sin was exported to Earth. Through Satan, the rebellious, the proud guy. Yeah? And he deceived our first parents, Adam and Eve. They bought into his lies that there was something better than God. And that's how sin and destruction came into the world. It never came from God. People would say, what of the volcanoes? What of the tsunami? What of the disasters, the wars? What kind of God is that? But this is not the world God created. These things were not there before. Before. Satan brought them here. But still, God controls them. God does. Anyway, Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says what? It says, Jesus Christ says something about Jesus going everywhere, delivering people from sicknesses who are oppressed by the devil. That's the essence of that verse. So, that is the origin. And of course, God allowed it. God allowed it. It's a long discussion, but that's how it originated. Yeah, love is possible because of that. We can love God because of this. And it's true love, not just loving God because he wants it, but we can choose to love God by the grace of God. There are other verses, friends, uh, which talk about how Satan blinds people, how Satan uh, is the root of, of evil. But what are the causes? As we said earlier, this can be something we can talk about for <laughs> maybe a whole year. What causes sickness? Well, there are many causes of sickness. Um, in Uganda, we had a genocide. I know what it means to be sick because three times I nearly died from malaria. I have nearly died from witchcraft of people sending me witchcraft. I have known pain in my lifetime. I was a refugee for 34 years. So I know what it means to suffer. By the way, friends, um, if Satan is so happy with a Christian that he never bothers him. That Christian should ask why the devil is so happy with him and doesn't bother him. By the same token, if Satan is torturing a Christian, persecuting a Christian, you sh the Christian should also ask why and continue to do those things which Satan hates. Jesus said, in this world you will have trials and tribulations. 
but be of good cheer because overcame the world. Those who love Jesus, if you want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, Jesus warned us. Anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, anybody who wants to be countercultural, anybody who wants to live by the word, will be persecuted, Jesus said. Paul said, same. But evil people will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. So anyway, sicknesses basically come from sin. So in my country, there was a genocide, and even the babies would be removed from women's tummies. The baby is an angel-like being, innocent, has committed no sin, but thousands of children, thousands of women. Just think of the babies who are removed and thrown into dustbins, thrown onto the, forget what they call it, whatever. Every day. What have they done? It's because of other people's sins, but also because of our sins. We've just seen how the greed of Jehaz and him, leprosy, because of his own sins. So our sicknesses can come, our problems can come from other people. If somebody goes and catches AIDS, HIV AIDS, him he or she may get a child who has HIV AIDS. And we should pray for who, who we marry. And after we have married, we still need to pray for who we have married. Because if God doesn't guide you to the correct woman, your genes may not, you may have congenital diseases. How we need to depend on God. And that child who is born will suffer sicknesses because of people's decisions and, 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 and all that. We remember David. David did things. David went and saw a certain woman who was, I don't know why she was bathing naked in broad daylight. I don't know. I don't have a clue. Uh, I, I, I don't know. And then he forgot all his faith completely, everything he believed, the goodness of the Lord. He didn't pray. He's the guy who used to pray about everything. But this time, no. He fell heel over heels and then did things. And then, my goodness, the devastation that came from that. The mayhem, the pain, the misery. The child that he got with that woman died on the spot through no sin of his own, but through the sin of his father. And then his children started killing each other. And what is worse, his children, for him he's forgiven, God accepts him, he should have died. He's in a good, secure position because he still has the favor of God. But he refuses to warn his children. He says nothing. They are raping each other. He says nothing. He just keeps quiet. He doesn't rebuke his children. And they go on messing and messing so we can see how sicknesses and sin and death 
can also come from our mothers and fathers and uh, neighbors and wars and what have you. So, but then we can also have sickness because of ministry. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 25 to 30, Paul talks about Epaphroditus who, because of the ministry, became sick. Sometimes people, missionaries get sick. They die because of the gospel. Jesus promised that some, of us, some people will die. So sicknesses can come because people are out there, not in their comfort zone. They're making a difference. They will be sick. So, um, and then, of course, as we've just seen with Jehaz, it's because of punishment. Then, why should we be healthy? If the Lord allows, and he desires that very much, he desires that very much. But in a fallen world, who knows what will happen? In Psalm, verse 118, verse 17, I repeat, Psalm 118, 17, what does it say? It says something like this. I will not die, but I will live and proclaim the good things the Lord has done to the world. So, if we, the Lord grants that we are healthy, it's because we want to praise the Lord. We want to enjoy the Lord. We want to share the gospel. We want to declare the good praises of our God. Paul, Paul says in Philippians, it is chapter 1, verses 21 to 32. He says, for me to die is gain because I go to Jesus. But for me to live is to serve. So we shall serve the Lord and serve his people. Number, so that's the rationale if we are to be healthy. Number four, how can sickness be useful? One time, a boy was very sick, big trouble, and not many people were helping him. So his disciples, Jesus' disciples, asked, who sinned? Is it this boy who is sick or it's his parents? Jesus said, no, none of them sinned. It is that the works of God may be displayed in him. Are you see? Sickness can bring about an opportunity for God to display his great power. As was the case with Job when God showcased his power to demons, to angels, and to people, turned the tables on the devil, teaching the devils the lessons, and with Lazarus, whom he resurrected, <laughs> he said he's not, he's, his, his sickness has not come because he has to die, but it has come so that God will be glorified. So you may get sickness, sometimes I may, I might get sick. I don't enjoy it. I don't like it. But because I know it's the glory of God, I still praise God. And all things work together for our good. People who have suffered love orphans, love widows. They love to help because the Bible says the religion God accepts is to help widows and orphans to be compassionate. And unless people have suffered and they have always being in an ivory tower where everything is comfortable, how will they be compassionate about other people? Sometimes it takes suffering 
any manner of suffering, live alone sickness, for people to become broken and be compassionate. Now, some, I was talking with a guy the other day. We are going to point number... Oh, by the way, before we go to point number five. For you and me who believe that Jesus died for our sins, he went to the cross to shed his blood to pay for all our sins, past, present, and the future. That is what the gospel is. Jesus died for my sins. That is it. The gospel in a nutshell. Jesus, I have to believe that Jesus, though I will realize later it was, was by the help of the Holy Spirit. So that's the gospel. You and I have a blessed hope. I can quick forward and go to a scripture in Revelation chapter 21, verses uh, 1 to 4, which says, I saw new Jerusalem come down. And we got a new earth. We got a new heaven where God will be with his people. We shall be his people and God will be our God. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more pain. God will wipe our tears completely forever. What a blessed hope. Friends, let us all be there in the new Jerusalem. When there will be no more death, no more pain. And that's only possible through the gospel. Through believing that Jesus died for our sins. I am so glad that Naaman was a transformed guy. He believed in the God of Israel. And he was transformed. No more idols. No more stuff. He was changed. He still needed discipling. Of course. But that's it. We who have that blessed hope. We sh the time is coming when we shall not be hungry anymore. No more malaria. No more orphans. No more barriers. Don't you long for such a time. And if you already are living in heaven then we need to spread the gospel everywhere. Do all we can. Share with everybody we can so that they too will be in the new Jerusalem. Uh, and the tree of life is there. It's for the healing of the nations. And that, yeah, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Now back to um, point number five. So, some people think, you know, they want to be religious and say, oh, I have a thorn like Paul. It's God who has given me this thorn. That's okay. God gives thorns. But the biggest problem there, Paul got this thorn because he was going to be proud. God told him, and the scripture is obvious. The scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verses 7 to 10. You know? He had seen all these visions and he had a problem of being arrogant, thinking he's better than everybody and uh, God resists the proud. So God had to intervene in that particular situation to get to, you know, he allowed the devil, he allowed the devil to be doing, giving him so much pain in his side. God can even use devils, they're under his control. Greater is Jesus that is in me than the devil that is in this world. And for this reason, Jesus Christ came to destroy all the works of the devil. He's under his control, even as Job's case uh, shows. So it was, the, the tail doesn't work the dog. I repeat, the tail doesn't work the dog. The dog wags the tail. The cart 
does not pull the horse. The horse pulls the cart. What do I mean? I mean that it was a problem of pride of Paul. It is a problem of sin. Then God gives him this thorn. And he got more than he asked for. He said, I am now the happiest man. I'm rejoicing in the grace. Discover the big secret that to be weak is to be strong in Christ. Therefore, I will rejoice in infirmities. I'll rejoice in pains and problems, which is why I often wonder why the devil is happy with so many Christians. But with Paul, he couldn't be happy. He was attacking him. He prayed with all his might. He prayed with all his might. God said, calm down, Paul. That's me. I don't want you to be proud and you don't do ministry. God resists the proud. He gives his grace to humble people. If he, well, this is now me. It's not what is in the Bible. If we don't want to humble ourselves, God commands us to humble ourselves. And then God begins to humble us. It might not feel nice. We've got to humble ourselves. We have nothing. Everything we got from God. Yeah. So, anyway. That's it. But I remember Jesus prayed once, prayed twice, Lord, take away the cup. But God made it clear. No, I'm not going to take away the cup. Nobody else can drink this cup. By the way, Jesus was the sickest person ever. Nobody has ever been as sick as Jesus. Because God took all the HIV, the AIDS, the malaria, name it, all the curses in the world. Boy, he put all these things on Jesus Christ. I'm not being blasphemous. The Bible says he carried all our sins, all our sicknesses, including HIV. So when Jesus saw all that stuff, he said, God, take away this cup from me. God said, no, you've got to take the cup of suffering. But he did his level best. So my point here is, instead of conclude, oh yeah, some people say they have got a thorn, but they still go to the doctor to fix that thorn. They still do something to try to take away the thorn. That's disobeying God. If God has given you a thorn, stay with it. Stick it out. Endure it. He will give you the grace. But the point of the matter is, Hezekiah prayed for his sickness and overcame it. David also. Uh, that little woman who had been bleeding for 12 years, she pressed her way. She was not lazy. So my point is, let's pray. Let's do everything in our power to overcome disease so we can serve our God. We can go to Africa. We can go to South America. We can be active in the Lord's business. Because if you are hanging in the hospital, you might not do much. But still, you could pray. And, uh, yeah. and uh, Okay. So, anyway. My point is we have to pray and we have to humble ourselves. But rain or shine, we shall suffer anyway. Numbers, uh, let's go to number six. So what can we do, my friends, about sicknesses of the spirit, of the head, I mean of the thoughts, and of the body? This is our last point. Really, it's not so much what we can do. We need God's grace. It's easy to preach about these things, but we all need help to be able to be healthy. There is a, there is a scripture that what a man sows, that shall he reap. In other words, there are consequences. Health also has a lot to do with what we are sowing in this world. Health has to do with what we are talking. 
health has to do with our lifestyle. Health has to do with whether we pray or not, whether we are kind or not. Do we ever sleep? Do we eat the right things? You know, recently I made a discovery. I love that scripture which says, there is the tree of life, and its leaves are for the healing of the nations. Now, I don't know what that tree is. I know that that tree is the tree of life, and that its leaves are for the healing of the nations. I've discovered recently, friends, that it's not only just the leaves of that tree. Even green tea has got amazing healing qualities. There are leaves, guava leaves, mango leaves, you know, herbs. The Lord has put lots of medicine in that. And if we can prayerfully also use them as tea, it's amazing how it can help health. But anyway, as we round off this, I wanted just to say, that what can we do? Above all, let us have faith. The Bible expects that Christians will be sick and says, if some of you are sick in James, we know that scripture in James, the scripture that's in James, somewhere in chapter 5, I have it here. Anyway, it's a scripture. It says, if you are sick, call the elders of the church, let them pray for you. And the prayer of faith will heal you. And if you have sinned, remember the cause. If you have sinned, the sins will also be forgiven. It's very difficult usually to separate sin and sickness because David said, he first of all forgives my sins and then heals my diseases. If the sins are not healed, God is not healing us so we can go and do more sin, do more funny things, no. So that we can have true prosperity, which is integrity. True Christian prosperity is to be a holy man of God, a holy woman of God who does not live like the culture, who lives different to bring glory to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who loved us and gave his life for us. But anyway, let's have faith in the Word. Let us pray in season and out of season. It's very difficult for a, a Christian to call himself a Christian if he does not pray like Jesus prayed. He prayed in the morning. He prayed all the time. He put a premium on prayer. May the Lord give us grace to put a premium on praying in his season and out of season. Others would go to sleep. Jesus said, I don't have even a place to lay my head. He would go to the, mountain to, give, to the mountains to give thanks. He prayed this gentleman because he was this God of ours, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. If you are full of the Holy Spirit, you can't help it but pray. If we are full of the world, we can't help but go about business like the world does. May God help us. May God save me. May God give us the grace to be people of prayer. May God give us the grace. Oh, Jesus didn't teach his people to bank, to fish, to do what? He taught them what? To pray. Teach us to pray because he was a man of prayer. Are you a man and a woman of prayer? Am I a man and a woman of prayer? That has a lot to do with sicknesses, especially of the spirit. Then thanksgiving. Let's always be thanking God. In the season and out of God has blessed us with so much. Count your blessings, friends. In the season and out of let's praise God like David. Now, this little girl forgave Naaman and the Syrians. I'm sure Jehaz never forgave them. He said, let's go and deal with that Gentile. He has been too soft on him. But this little girl forgave. I tell you, so many sicknesses come from bitterness. Oh, he told me this. Oh, 40 years ago he told me this. 
we have to forgive. And God will enable us to forgive, as Joseph did. Now, giving. Jesus said, if you give in the season and out of season, the Bible says in Corinthians, he will shower you with grace and blessing. I don't know how it works, but people who are always giving, giving compliments, giving money, giving a greeting, give, 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 uh, like the cow. Everything about the cow is giving. Dung, we use it for manure in Africa. The skins, we do shoes. You see, the milk, of course, I wish I had some now. Uh, the, the horns, we use them for cups and the musical instrument. Uh, the, 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 the meat, of course. Name it. Everything about the cow is giving. But I wanted to tell you that, wow, this is sad. A dog, I think in the West, feeds better than an average person in Africa. A dog feeds better here in the West than an average person. In my country, we live, it's 65%, one dollar a day. What does a dog give? I'm sure God loves dogs, and they give, they have value in the West, but certainly, maybe not its skin, not its dung, not its, no, it has no horns. Um, anyway, not its meat. But we have to emulate a cow and always be giving. Nutrition. What we sow, we shall reap with our bodies. Nutrition is very important so that we can live longevity and serve the Lord. Nutrition. America is number one in the world. Cutting age science. So, you know this, you could teach me the whole, but the nutrition. At my age, I don't need to consume lots of table sugar. I don't need to consume lots of starch. Why? Why do I need that when microbes and germs feed off sugar? I could eat less of that. But when we pray anyway, I suppose we can eat anything when we pray, but we have to be careful and eat the leaves because, as I said, the leaves, yeah, the vegetables, the protein. Rest, sleep, relax, celebrate, rejoice. Many people are working and they never have time to thank God for the blessings. If we don't sleep at least Maybe eight hours a day, or around there, if we don't. The first thing that goes is our memory. Our memory is erased. Control, alt, delete. <laughs> the first victim of people who are always working and working is that their RAM, random access memory, their memory. <laughs> I wish I had learned this lesson earlier. We've got to sleep. Come unto me, O ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. It's good to work, but to be a workaholic will affect your health. Some people sit for 10 hours a day. Oh, heart attack is waiting. We've got to move. We've got to move. We've got to run. We've got to exercise. Uh, wow. Integrity. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added. Let's enjoy the flowers. Let's enjoy nature. Let's praise God. Kindness. The Bible, there is a very important verse to me which has to do with health. The Bible says somewhere, it's a verse, I don't know why I didn't quote it. It says, if you are kind to the poor, 
You will be sick on your bed and God will come and lift you up and heal you. So there is a direct relationship between kindness to the poor. Authority and spiritual warfare. Yes. Paul said his biggest problem was demonic forces. But Jesus said, I give you authority. So, let us dare to rebuke the devil. Let's rebuke the generational curses. There are some people who are trapped by generational curses. Accidents all the time, mysterious accidents. In a family, they never have proper children. They are all illegitimate children. They are suicides. That's the devil at work. But we can take authority because Jesus has given us power over the devil. I give you authority over the devil, Jesus said. If you don't use the authority God gave to you, you will lose it. Uh, let's be in a church. Uh, I read a research whereby people who come to church and serve and get support from other people, get prayer, they live 25 years um, more than the people who are, don't go to church and they're doing drugs, they're doing evil, immorality, and, 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 and all that. Of course, the first line of attack to diseases is Medicare. But after you have prayed, because the Bible says, cursed is the man that trusts in the man. When we get sick, we should first of all pray. And then let God take us to the good doctor. Because Jesus said, the sick need a doctor. But let's not put our trust in, in anything other than God. Let God guide us to the correct doctor. Uh, so... Uh, and then, once again, friends, a time is coming when we shall not be sick anymore. God will wipe away all our, our tears. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, that we've shared these words. Thank you very, very, very much indeed that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, in this world we suffer. Prayers and tribulations, but we can rejoice because you are with us. You are compassionate towards us, O oh Lord. I pray for your people that as they go out and about, they should remember that God is with them up to the end. Let each one of us be wiser. Let each one of us represent Jesus very well. Let the grace of God be on each one of us. Father, there is lots of pain. Lots of sickness. But Lord, heal us, I pray. Heal us spiritually. Give us integrity. Make us be different from the world in more ways than one. Let us live long so that we can tell you good praises, O oh Lord. Though we know it's better to die and be with you. Yet, Lord, we shall live and serve you. Lord, let's give you glory always and enjoy you. We ask and pray all these things in Jesus Christ's name.